Hello, and welcome to the Comfort Connections podcast. In this episode, best practice strategies, smart aging education for older adults and caregiving teams, we are joined by several guests. The first guest is Sarah Bercier. She's an executive director for the Council on Aging of Ottawa. Joining her is Dr. Trudy Medcalf. She's an educator, gerontologist, writer, researcher, and also the co-developer and facilitator of the Smart Aging Program. Lastly, Linda Meek will join us from Comfort Care Home Care of Ottawa Champlain. She's a business development and relations manager. Well, welcome, Sarah, Trudy, and Linda. Thank you for joining our listeners today. Well, Sarah, let's begin with you. Can you please share with our listeners a little bit about the Council on Aging of Ottawa and the focus that you have? Absolutely. Uh, the Council on the Aging uh, has been around for almost 50 years, and we're a volunteer-led organization with a mission to advance the well-being of Ottawa's older adults, of which there are close to 200,000. So we certainly do that in three key ways. We advocate, and we advocate on issues of concern to seniors, and that impacts community aging. The second thing we do is we educate, and we educate on navigating transitions of later life, and that impacts individual aging. And then we also share information very broadly, and that's for the betterment of everyone. Well, and Sarah, I understand you also work with other councils on aging across the provinces. Is that correct? That's true. There's 11 uh, councils on aging in Ontario, and then there's a couple of others. There's one in uh, Sask- uh, in Saskatoon specifically, and then there's another one in Alberta. So, uh, But then there's other organizations that do similar work that aren't specifically councils on aging, but they do similar work, and we certainly know them as well. Well, fantastic. That is wonderful that all focused on helping older adults you know, just thrive, it sounds like. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, working to, you know, just make life better for and improve whatever needs to happen for seniors. Well, thank you, Sarah, for sharing this information about the important work that you do. And I understand that the Council on Aging of Ottawa has also created a smart aging program that has workshops filled with key topics that are really facing older adults today. And so, Trudy and Sarah, I was wondering if you could just give a you know, high-level overview of the program. Trudy, let's start with you. Okay, thank you. So this isn't specifically about smart aging, but it's my backstory to smart aging from more than 20 years earlier. I was doing my doctoral work in education with a focus on aging in the mid-200s, and I wanted to learn all about the experience of growing old and living in old age directly from people who were living there. So I engaged six people in their 70s and 80s, three in their 70s and three in their 80s, to teach me. I was in my 50s, and the six research participants were my parents' age. We would meet and talk together once a week for several months, and they would tell me all about being an old person, and I would listen. And I had assumed that they already knew. Surprise. Rather than me learning from them, And this was fascinating to me. They were learning from and teaching each other every time we met. They soon began to speak of old age as a new phase of life. They were the ones who most fully explored the meaning of growing old and living in old age. In fact, they became conscious participants in their own aging. So why not? I shouldn't have been surprised. We never stopped learning. 
And I think our culture offers few opportunities for older adults to openly investigate and value the aging process. For them, my co-researchers, the aspects of aging that they explored were not negative. They included things like freedom, service, being versus doing, being active and not busy, acceptance. One of them said, old age is a school for acceptance. We learned that there's work in growing older and that much of it is inner work. So although my original purpose was to learn from them, it was they who most fully developed those understandings about their aging within and among themselves. So the focus was neither on older as better or older as worse. Both of them are true. The focus was on being supported to reflect on and accept what is while also beginning to see theirs as a significant phase of life. They felt validated by the group, and they reported positive effects from looking closely at their stage of life in the presence of their peers. That was a key element. For them, engaging in shared learning also fostered purposeful social connection. So keep those in mind when we move on to the details of smart aging. Sarah, would you like to give your backstory? Sure. So I came at this from a different approach and Trudy met just before we started the Smart Aging program, but I had come from doing uh, retirement planning seminars for just over 20 years, I guess. And in retirement planning seminars where you're talking to people who are in their 50s, maybe their 60s, they're engaged in things like planning for their financial future, their health, their legal issues. And then we always talk about the psychology of retirement as well and how you're going to adapt to this new phase of life. And so I had spoken probably in a thousand retirement seminars. And certainly this, it's the same issues that come up over and over. And there are so many planning programs for various transitions in life, whether you're leaving high school or having a baby or buying a house or retiring. There's these you know programs or products that help you sort through all the key issues and they outline them all for you and i got to thinking there is nothing like that for aging and i did my research i searched all through canada and the us looking for any kind of a program that did this i came close with a couple but they really didn't look at that whole perspective of what are the key issues you need to address so i set out with a mission to determine what are the key issues that we want to address. And then Trudy was able to add in the, how do we address them given her background? So it was just a perfect pairing to address those key issues. Wow, fantastic. It just really seems like, just as you mentioned, Trudy, about how much those older adults learn from each other, that was the biggest surprise about adult learning and the peer-to-peer. And then also, Sarah, thinking through, like, how can you put this into practice, those practical steps? So exciting. What a key, well, those key benefits of, you know, really looking as we go, all of us go into the next chapters of our lives. So speaking of that, I was wondering if you could just highlight for our listeners some of the smart aging program benefits and what you have found to be helpful, not only for older adults, also their family caregivers, also with the other aging professionals, if you had the opportunity to speak with them. So I think when we went about designing the Smart Aging program, we looked at what are the key things that people need to know 
And so we, in our core program, we have eight workshops and then we have an additional eight standalone. So the core program is taken as a set. And uh, we, when people sign up for it, they're expected to, to take all eight. And so it's really designed as a set because we want people to be able to think through things and report back to the same people that they sat with on week one. They can come and report in on what they did, you know, as homework. And then, you know, here we are at week two. And the key areas that we looked at were... Uh, workshop one is all about I'm getting older. What's great about this? What sucks about this? You know, what do I still want to do? What are some of my regrets? Just sorting through it. Workshop two is about social connections and the things that are important there. We talk in workshop three about health issues and we take the approach of what's really concerning you and what are you going to do about it? And in workshop four, we're looking at addressing um, health crises when those come up. And have you had those important conversations and made some important decisions? Workshop five is about transportation options and exploring all of them so you're not taken by surprise. Workshop six is all about housing options and understanding the full scope and what you would want to consider as you make decisions about that. And workshop seven is about common financial concerns, regardless of your level of income. doesn't matter if you make 15000 or 150000 These are common concerns like, will I have enough? And that just depends on for what. Or, you know, can I answer someone who's asking me for money, whether it's their inheritance or their laundry money? So it's looking at very common things. And Workshop 8 wraps it all up, where they get to celebrate their successes of the previous seven weeks and that kind of thing. And in doing all of this, I think it really supports, as Trudy was saying, it really supports older adults as they sort through the issues and they have it all in one place and they've thought through it as a package, heard from their peers. But I think it also, the more that seniors themselves have these issues thought through, the better it is for their caregivers, for their loved ones, because then children don't have to wonder, you know, did mom ever think this through? I wonder what she would want or, oh dear, you know, has she thought about her driving skill or what have you? They know that mom has addressed that and perhaps in a safe place. So that's really helpful. And one of the benefits that we've really noted as well is that even for people in agencies or companies, they can know that if people have thought these issues through, they're making purposeful choices. And sometimes the burden on social workers is reduced because they don't have as many questions, they're more aware of the options available for them, or they're able to make more intelligent choices or more uh, more pre-selected choices, purposeful choices would be a good word. Purposeful choices about the um, about the about what they want to do moving forward as opposed to taking the first option that becomes available to them. They've really considered what all the options are. So when they're well prepared and they've thought through the options, everybody wins. Wonderful, wonderful. And I was wondering, Trudy, any aspects that you can build upon that Sarah mentioned, just some of those principles that were applied from your research into the design of the programs? Yes, certainly. First of all, I I have to keep in mind that we're asking people to take risks here. You know, we're, we're doing, we're presenting a program that's going to be, we think, really supportive and helpful and meaningful and all that sort of thing. But we're asking people in small groups with people they've never met in almost all cases to say things that are quite personal. And to, um, and so we need to set it up 
and do this right at the beginning and then return to it uh, each week. So set it up so that we create and maintain a safe and secure environment. And that includes the obvious things like um, confidentiality, explaining what that means, and then briefly returning to that um, each session. Um, other things are the idea that you need to have respect for the other people in the group, regardless of whether you agree with their point of view and that, in fact, you can very likely learn from their point of view, um, and take responsibility for their own level of participation. And we talked very briefly at the beginning about how we all know people who talk and talk and won't stop. And so we need to have uh, take responsibility for saying what you want to say, whether you're someone who normally talks a lot or someone who normally just sits back and listens. That's the kind of thing. Um, and listen to others without judgment, right? And the, this idea of respect for the people in the group. So that, to me, is the way that it needs to be presented, first of all, so that everyone understands that all of that stuff is out there in the room. It's much easier to go back to that if it's already been addressed than, than later. Um, and the other thing that for me is really important is that older adults come with a rich bank of knowledge, experience, and understanding. They're not people who just are there to receive information. They're there to, I'm, I'm hoping that the experience will draw from them all of that richness and they can share it with each other. And there's, um, there's a great boost to self-esteem from that just to begin with. What we were doing in the project was creating um, programs that were quite serious in nature, but I think we tried to ensure too that there was some fun in it and that were, there were opportunities for laughter because that's very important as well. Well, fantastic. Thank you both, Trudy and Sarah, for sharing these insights and how you've developed the program. And it sounds like it's just fabulous, a fabulous resource. So Linda, I'd like to bring you into this discussion. Thank you for being here today. I am just so curious how Comfort Care Home Care has been able to implement training for and education for older adults and professional caregivers, such as a smart aging program that really has positively impacted aging a place at home. Can you share a little bit more of your thoughts? Yes, so thank you, uh, Trudy and Sarah, for joining us at uh, Comfort Care today. And as you both know, I had the opportunity of presenting the Smart Aging series to a very captive audience of seniors 60 to 90 years old. And there was some great information that was shared you know, by the seniors, their concerns, what worried them the most. So it really gave me a great insight on how to educate further through, you know, our company. Smart Aging provided all of us with a lot more resources to share, education, and how to incorporate into comfort care conversations with families and seniors. Because we really understand um, it's very, very important for seniors to remain in their own home. And, you know, as an organization, Comfort Care is committed to providing comprehensive webinars, education, podcasts, and presentations to, that the support the needs of an uh, aging population. And what the Council on Aging has done, basically, has given 
professionals in all of us, a lot of them information in every aspect on healthy eating, uh, supportive devices, and uh, the workbooks that they created, um, you know, during the program, you know, like Trudy and Sarah was saying, it was interesting. Some just kept them blank and wanted to fill them in when they got home, and others couldn't wait to stand up and share. But these comprehensive workbooks were just amazing for people to think about what really worried them the most. So there was definitely a lot of it, and I was very proud to be able to present Smart Aging in Ottawa. Fantastic, Linda. Thank you for sharing about how your organization continues to leverage education. And I was wondering, you know, if possible, if you could share a few best practice strategies and considerations for those aging services professionals, if they're going to implement an education initiative for older adults and their caregiving teams? So, you know, basically it's always focus on preventative measures, education, educating seniors in the importance of fall prevention, exercise, use of supportive devices, dementia-wise, healthy nutrition, socializing, laughing. These are all the recipes for staying at home. Every part is extremely important. And, you know, never be afraid to ask questions or ask professionals for help. You know, value making decisions for yourself while you're capable and knowing what's available is extremely important. Know the questions to ask the professionals uh, and, and, and explain what worries you the most even if it's your family doctor or your visiting nurse or, or just anybody, your, your own family should be asked a lot of the questions. Comfort Care's uh, teams try very hard to meet and exceed to clients' ex by expectations by supporting the full spectrum of care, housekeeping, cooking, friendship, uh, fun, full care, uh, we totally understand the importance of also matching our caregivers uh, with clients so they do feel comfortable when the when the need arises is is to get care but you know the key is education as much education and ask as many questions as you can and you know smart aging is a great place to start for anybody to start asking these questions well fantastic it sounds like all of those ways that the smart aging program is really helping to set up the older adult for success. Like Sarah, you were going through all the modules and such and thinking about from a healthcare professional standpoint or other referral partners, it sounds like this program could be really leveraged to help them understand as well. I know that's not the main focus. Uh, it's really for the, the senior or the older adult, but it's truly sounds like a great resource. And so I was wondering if you could share, you know, Sarah and Trudy, just any other considerations as others are thinking about maybe implementing you know, your program or leveraging education and to help those that they're caring for? Other thoughts? I think one of the things that we've done is uh, in creating the standalone series where we've, you know, I focused earlier on the core program, but the standalone series has really said what are the key issues that people really need to know about that are just, you know, one off. And uh, so, for example, one of the workshops that we did was on aging in place with services and supports. 
And so it really helps someone run thoroughly through what all the options are. You know, what are the kinds of common uh, needs that people have to remain in their home? And if they can just identify that one thing, oh, if I had that, that would really be helpful. Um, you know, to, to recognize, oh, that's a common need and to know where all the various places are that they can get that kind of thing. Um, and that includes, you know, we have a workshop on healthy eating. So, oh, if I could improve my eating in some way, you know, I would be healthier and, and more able to, again, remain in, and maybe not in my own home, but maybe in a, a different home. Maybe I want to move, you know, somewhere else. Uh, but to remain in the home of my choosing, I think, is a, is a nice way to to put it. So remain living where I want independently to the greatest extent possible. So I just think there's so many other aspects that can really help people sort through those issues. Yeah. Trudy, additional thoughts from your perspective? Yes. I'd like to add on to something that Linda touched on, that the idea of engaging the participants for as long as possible. Um, as partners with caregivers and professionals. So for as long as possible, the older adult herself or himself um, can be a participant in this transition to their later years and can truly have some input into that. And I think smart aging goes a long way to fostering that with, within everyone who's involved, but also giving the older adult the confidence to say, yeah, I have a place here and I have something to say. Well, thank you both for all those considerations and Linda for sharing how Comfort Care Home Care is really helping to support smart aging in so many different ways. I was wondering for all of you, as we near the end of our episode, can you please share with your listeners any additional thoughts and resources that may be helpful and beneficial? Linda, what would start with you? So plan ahead and don't plan from an emergency room start a conversation with Comfort Care. We're more than home care. We provide a lot of resources that can help you and, and attend a Smart Aging Conference. I did. It's worth it. Yeah, fantastic. Sarah, Trudy, please weigh in. I would build on that by saying, you know, part of the uh, beginnings of this program was recognizing that many of life's transitions begin with a crisis many significant decisions are made in moments of crisis rather than being planned. And that was one of the things that we really wanted to offset through the you know creation of this program. So that would just build on what Linda was saying. So Trudy, other thoughts you'd like to share? A lovely thing about smart aging is that it wasn't intend intended to be rigid and set in its ways, that it's a dynamic idea and um, as Sarah had mentioned, she's added all of these standalones over the last few years. So there are lots of ways for it to develop and to expand and maybe to be offered in different communities, ones that we haven't uh, been, we haven't reached as yet. So I like the dynamism of it, and we'll continue with that. Well, fantastic. So Linda, Sarah, and Trudy, it's been a pleasure meeting with you today. And also sharing with these insights with our listeners. What I my biggest takeaway, in a moment, life changes. And as long as we keep front and center that older adult, what's all about this whole program and what everything Comfort Care Home Care does is focus in on 
keeping them healthy and independent as possible at home. It, that's what's most important. Thank you again, Sarah, Trudy, and Linda for joining us today and sharing your insights. Listeners, visit comfortcare.ca and click on the resources tab to view Comfort Connections episodes, view show notes, and download complimentary resources. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. Thank you for listening and helping older adults live the best life possible. Thank you.